0: Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. I'm Wade Stanley, an evangelist with the Church of Christ. Please visit thegospelsaves.me for blogs, videos, and Bible studies. You can also find the Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back to A Study of the End Times. This is episode seven, The abomination of desolation, a study of the days immediately preceding the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. When you see the abomination of desolation, Jesus told his apostles, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. The abomination of desolation is a curious phrase from Daniel chapter 9, and it is the final sign that the destruction of Jerusalem is near. When the abomination of desolation appeared, Jewish Christians were to drop everything and flee the city of Jerusalem. Before I get into the study, please help me do a little housekeeping. You may notice a slight drop in audio quality when the study starts. This study was recorded several years ago for my weekly radio broadcast. I didn't have the equipment then that I do now, so please bear with the slightly poorer quality. If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple and you find this or any of my other content helpful, please consider giving the podcast a 5-star rating and leaving a review. If you're watching this on the Gospel Saves YouTube channel, please give the video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and click the bell icon to receive notifications when I upload new content. All of these small gestures help the good news of Jesus Christ reach more people. So, you can help me preach the gospel and teach the doctrine of Christ Church to as many people as possible. I appreciate your help. And now, on to our seventh study in the End Times series The Abomination of Desolation. On our program, we've been studying about the, the End Times. And in connection with this study, we've been looking at the teachings of Jesus in Matthew chapter 24. In our previous studies, we've been considering the the signs that would lead up to the destruction of Jerusalem. This was the first question that the the, uh, disciples asked Jesus as he sat on the Mount of Olives. After he had talked about the destruction of the temple, the disciples come to him and they ask him the question, when will these things be? When will the temple be destroyed? And he talks about the days leading up to it, how those days would be marked by the appearance of false Christs how they would be marked by wars and rumors of wars, how nation would rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, that there would be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places, how the people of God would be persecuted, how there would be betrayal among people, how pro- false prophets would arise and deceive many. And because of all these things, how the love of many would grow cold. And finally, he says that the gospel of the kingdom would be preached to all nations prior to the destruction of Jerusalem. And we noticed in Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, that according to Paul, that had taken place, that the gospel had been preached to every creature under heaven, which leads us to believe that Jesus' words were fulfilled some seven to ten years before Titus and his armies surrounded the city, and brought about its destruction. So we come to verse number 15. And Jesus says, Therefore, or in light of all I have told you, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. This abomination of desolation is a very curious statement It's a reference to the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel, the 70 weeks prophecy, as it's sometimes called. And it's a reference to verses 26 and 27 from that prophecy. What exactly is the abomination of desolation? What does Daniel mean by that? And what does Jesus mean by that? It was obviously something that the Christian could see. They could observe. Well, If we look at the parallel account over in Luke chapter 21, we find our answer. This teaching of Jesus is found in three different places. Matthew chapter 24 is the most prominent because it's the most extensive. But it's also recorded in the other two synoptic gospels in both Mark and Luke. And when Jesus arrives at this point in Luke's account, he says in verse number 20 of Luke 21, But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart, and let not those who are in the country enter her. Now, he doesn't use the same language as he does in Matthew. He doesn't talk about the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. But he tells us, Luke tells us what that means. He says that that abomination of desolation is the surrounding of Jerusalem by armies. Now remember, how does Luke begin the final week of Jesus' ministry? Think back to Luke chapter 19 verses 41 through 44. Jesus is coming into the city right before his triumphal entry. He's coming up to it, he sees this beautiful city set on three hills, he begins to weep because he recognizes that as soon as he enters that city, this will set off the chain of events that will ultimately lead to the destruction of that city. Because they did not know the day of their visitation, they had rejected him as the Messiah and their leaders had led them in this rejection. Jesus knows that day is coming. And tying what he says in chapter 19 to what he says in chapter 21, I think, is absolutely critical. The warning to Jewish Christians living in the city of Jerusalem is this. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its destruction is near. The Roman army laid siege to Jerusalem for five months. Titus mercifully allowed people out of the city and also offered the city an opportunity to surrender prior to the siege. But as one can imagine, not many people left and not many people survived the event. During the five months of siege, 116,000 bodies, dead bodies, were thrown over the wall. All the Jews within the city, were killed, and the death toll ranges somewhere between 250,000 to 1.4 million. According to Josephus, 97,000 fugitives from the city were sold into slavery. Those were the ones who escaped. Those who were actually in the city, every one of them was killed. Titus gave no quarter. He did not allow anyone mercy. The temple was burned to the ground. No stone was left upon another. And as Will Durant, the atheist historian, has to say about these events, essentially the destruction of the temple marked the end of the rebellion and of, of the Jewish state. This moment in history represents the end, the end of the Jewish state. It would not be a country for some 1900 years. When in 1948, the United Nations allowed Israel to become a nation once again. What's fascinating about this is that the Roman general Titus, according to Josephus, recognized that God was the author of the city's destruction. Titus is purported to have said this, quote, We have certainly had God for our assistant in this war. And it was no other than God who ejected the Jews out of these fortifications. For what could the hands of men or any machines do towards overthrowing these towers? That's quite a statement, isn't it? Titus was looking at the walls of Jerusalem, how well they were made, and he recognized that there was no machine, there was no army that could have broken through those walls, that could have taken the city, unless God had had some hand in it. Josephus goes on to say, following the destruction of the city, quote, O most wretched city, what misery so great as this didst thou suffer from the Romans, when they came to purify thee from thy intestine hatred? For thou could no longer a place be a place fit for God, Nor could thou longer continue in being after thou had been a sepulchre for the bodies of thine own people and had made the holy house itself a burying place in the civil war of thine. Yet may thou again grow better if perchance thou wilt hereafter appease the anger of that God who is the author of thy destruction. You see, Josephus credits God as being responsible for the destruction of Jerusalem. He recognized that it was the rebellion of his people that had led to this, the rebellion led by political groups such as the Zealots. So not only did Titus recognize that God was responsible for this, Josephus, a Jew himself, a Pharisee, recognized that it was because of his own people's iniquities that the city was destroyed. So as we look at the first 15 verses of Matthew 24 what we find is Jesus predicting future events. He talks about the destruction of the temple. His disciples ask him about it. And then he goes on to describe what that time will be like. He says it will be marked by certain things, culminating with the preaching of the gospel and the surrounding of the city of Jerusalem by armies. He says, when you see that, and he's talking here to his disciples, and by extension, he's talking to the Christians who would be living in Jerusalem. He says, when you see all these things take place, culminating in the the surrounding of the city, he says, get out of town. Verse 21, then let those who are in Judea flee. Let those who are in Judea get out. This is not a place for Christians to be. So the purpose in giving all of these markers is to protect the people of God from destruction. Because this judgment was not intended for the church. It was not intended for Jesus' disciples. This would be levied against the Jewish people. Beginning here in verse number 16, Jesus gives three warnings. He first warns Christians to get out immediately. He then tells us that these will be difficult days. And he also warns these Christians about lies concerning his early return. In verse 16, he begins, Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. In other words, don't wait another moment. When you see the city surrounded, don't stick around. Now what's very interesting about this is that this was not the first time it had happened. In 67 AD, Cestius Gallus, the governor of Syria, he breached the wall of Jerusalem, he took the lower city, and he was poised to conquer the rest of the city. Yet according to Josephus, Cestius Gallus retired from the city without any reason in the world. Now think about this for a moment. Three years before the ultimate destruction of the city took place, you had an antagonistic force breach the wall, take the lower city, and then suddenly retreat without any explanation. When you put this together with the warnings of Jesus, it makes one wonder. When the Christians saw that take place three years earlier, did they know? Did they know? that the destruction of Jerusalem was imminent? I think it's quite possible that they did. And they took the warnings of Jesus to heart and got out of town while the getting was good. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, Please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will.